Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics on higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are talking about research surrounding the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope with a new member of the Baylor faculty. Ben Rose is our guest today on the program. He joins the Baylor faculty this week as an assistant professor of physics, coming to Baylor from Duke University, where he spent the last three years as a research scientist. Rose helps lead a project infrastructure team, which recently earned an $11 million grant from NASA to prepare the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope for launch in 2027. A flagship NASA mission, the Roman Telescope will provide a field of view 100 times larger than the Hubble Telescope, and its ability to operate continuously will enable it to capture data approximately 1,000 times faster than the Hubble Telescope. It's going to really be a leap forward in scientists' ability to uh, capture and study data and uh, a lot of exciting things surrounding it. And Ben, welcome to Baylor. And uh, thanks for immediately uh, leaning into joining us on the program and sharing so much about this project. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Well, it is great to have you here. And got to say, it probably is it a, has it been a whirlwind for you and your family? You're moving to Waco, joining the Baylor faculty. Um, you also recently discovered that this grant you've been pursuing earned that significant NASA grant. Uh, what, what's it been like for you and your family uh, dealing with a lot of uh, very positive change? Yeah, it, it has been um, a whirlwind is, is a great description. Um. <clears throat> You know, you're always trying to, to focus on, on one thing at a time so that you can um, give it your best effort. But uh, in times like this, um, having to close out my time at Duke, um, start up here at Baylor, um, and in the process also dealing with um, receiving the award, but also um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's um, to make sure that that all of the, the grant money and the people can um can be where they need to be once we, uh, so we can get started and, and rolling on this project. Well, but let's get to know uh, your work just a little bit. If you saw a family member that maybe you hadn't seen in a while and they said, so, so what are you doing these days? What, what do you research? Uh, what would you describe to them? Yeah, uh, so I look at um, a certain type of exploding star. So these are called type 1a supernovae. Um, they go off, uh, you, we can observe quite a few of them. Um, they go off about once per century per galaxy. Uh, and so um, what's really interesting about these um, explosions is that we know how um, bright they are intrinsically. Um, so we know how bright they are if you were right next to it. So as we are farther away from them, um, you see them dim just like any candle or light bulb has moved farther away from you. And so we can use that dimming uh, to measure distances, which in astronomy distances are, are notoriously hard to measure because we, all we have is 2D images, pictures of the night sky, um, and trying to get that third dimension is really difficult. Um, with type 1a supernovae, if we can measure the third dimension, we can measure these distances to galaxies. Um, we're able to actually start to piece together the dynamics of the universe. Um, so I use these exploding stars to measure sort of the size, the shape, um, and the velocities of the universe, including the age. You know, as you described that, there's so many things that space research can help people uncover that I think is very mysterious and intriguing to a lot of us. 
not in that that discipline. And as as you think about the broader, as you find answers, as or as you get closer to finding answers, and they yield uh, other questions. What are some of the other questions that you find fascinating or, or or look to answer that unlock clues to help us better understand our world? Yeah. So I think one of the most interesting things in my field uh, is that we don't really understand the explosion. Um, so we know that uh, when you get a certain amount of carbon and oxygen, this is about 1.4 times the mass of our sun, um, you get a runaway nuclear fusion reaction um, that produces a lot of iron, and a lot of energy. But exactly like how that starts um, and exactly how there's variability in that explosion um, aren't fully understood. And so we can use these tools that we understand empirically. We've, we've observed a lot of them and can model them and how they look, but we don't understand the physics driving it. So there's a lot of nuclear physics. Um, there's a lot of stellar dynamics. There's a lot of um, sort of Department of Energy type questions um, that uh, intersect with, with my research intersect with these types of objects. Um, and, and it's really interesting. Um, and there's a lot of applications in there. Um, and we're, we're learning more, um, and we will learn more. Oh. Visiting with Ben Rose here on Baylor Connections. And Ben, I want to dive into the Nancy Grace Roman's Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope in just a moment. But first, I want to ask you, what brought you here to Baylor? Obviously, we've got you on the program almost immediately into your time here. Uh, what, what was it that drew you here to Baylor to conduct your research? Yeah, uh, Baylor is a really unique place. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to have a, a better answer and a more complete answer as, a, as I spend more time here. Um, but initially, uh, I, I see that they're, they're trying to um, keep the history of um, a small undergrad-focused teaching university, um, keep the history of its uh, Christian faith, but also expand into uh, top-tier research. Um, and so it really is unique in the country in trying to say that you can do research, you can uh, have a solid faith, um, and you you can focus on engaging undergrads in both academic research, uh, sorry, academic teaching and research teaching. You know, been in visiting with you earlier, you you mentioned you enjoy teaching research to to undergraduates because those two things aren't separate but they can go hand in hand what, what do you enjoy about what and why do you enjoy uh teaching students about uh, the process of of research yeah so teaching in class you're really um focusing on transferring knowledge um usually from a textbook or something like that but once you start to teaching research you're really starting to teach students um to learn for themselves um, and so you start teaching people how to ask questions uh, that have never been asked before and find answers that no one actually has yet. Um, and so that's a different sort of set of learning. You're not memorizing things. You're not practicing problems over and over again. But you're really starting to figure out how to explore and create and discover um, what's around them. 
visiting with Ben Rose here on Baylor Connections. That's a, a great description of uh, teaching and research, Ben. And now, now let's dive into your research. And as we do, well, let's talk about this, this project, the, the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope. You know, I remember as a, as a child, as a middle, middle school student, I believe it was, hearing about the Hubble telescope for the first time. And then over the years, we've seen images from it. And, you know, that was a great leap forward. But this is another leap forward, a big leap forward. Uh, take us inside kind of the, the 101 of the, the Roman Space Telescope. What, what is it and why is it unique? Yeah, so the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, um, first off, it was named off of named after Nancy Grace Roman, um, who worked at NASA and was NASA's first chief of astronomy. Uh, she also did a ton of work um, in ensuring that Hubble uh, was able to get funded and supported um, and was actually able to be built and flown. Um, there's a lot about her. Um, and she's, a, she's a great woman um, who sadly is no longer with us. Um, but I, I recommend that everyone go and try to investigate and learn more um, about her. Um, so the telescope specifically um, is very similar to, to Hubble. And that it has the same size mirror, so it, it can collect the same amount of light, so it can peer um, to the same um, depth of the universe. Uh, the Nancy Gates Roman Space Telescope only observes in the infrared. Um, so these are longer wavelengths than our visible light. Um, it's sort of what um, just sort of heat gives off. And so you, these are like the night vision goggles and, and things like that are observing in the infrared. Uh, and so, uh, what's really unique about Roman uh, is its wide field of view. So, Hubble um, has in the near infrared has one detector that's about two thousand pixels by two thousand pixels, um, which gives us a great image of objects. But Roman has eighteen near infrared detectors on its focal plane. And on top of that, each detector is 4,000 by 4,000 pixels. So all told, adding that all up together, um, Roman is able to observe um, 100 times the area of the sky for every exposure that Hubble has. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, so every, every picture um, is 100 times bigger. Um, but on top of that, it's built for surveys. Um, and so it's designed to actually uh, survey the sky at a much faster rate than Hubble could ever do. So adding up both the field of view and other features, um, it really lets us um, explore the sky at large scales at about a thousand times faster than you could with Hubble. So you're getting more data, you're getting faster data, which is obviously a, a real benefit of the Roman telescope. Obviously, you're a part of the the infrastructure team helping prepare for that. Well, what challenges does that present, though, as you get ready to, I think, capture and glean vast amounts of data at a much faster rate than you have in the past? The vast majority of Roman's discoveries will just be from gleaning the archive. Um, and so the I can't remember what it is right now, but the Hubble archive over 30 years is something of the order of like tens of terabytes in size. Um, in the first five years, the, the prime mission of Roman um, 
So one sixth of the time frame, Roman is going to have a 20 petabyte archive. Amazing. Yeah. So um, orders of magnitude larger in, in a much shorter time scale. Um, and so this, this really does change how we do astronomy um, because you can't download even the can't download even a small fraction of that onto your laptop. Um, you can't even really download um, a meaningful fraction of that to a university cluster. Um, and so you really have to um, take your analysis to the data. So the data will be hosted in the cloud. Um, and then so everyone's gonna have to be, have to use the sort of common um, infrastructure um, environment, the software environment. Um, and so it, it will be really interesting about how we um, bring in the data at that rate that we clean and calibrate the data at that rate, um, and then how we actually analyze it. And so we're going to need to um, partner with and learn from other sources of big data, um, whether that's in the tech industry or high energy physics from the Large Hadron Collider or things like that. And so we're really going to um, change the way that astronomy is done with Roman. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Ben Rose, a new Baylor faculty member and assistant professor of physics and one of four co-PIs or co-leaders of the project infrastructure team, which recently earned an $11 million NASA grant. Well, well Ben, I think what you've described, certainly there's a great deal of complexity that needs prepared for, and you and your team are doing that. Congratulations on the $11 million grant that you and your team- Thank you. Had been working towards. So, so, what are you going to? What are you and uh, what you have other leaders from Duke, from Hawaii, from uh, Maryland, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and then dozens of other scientists, uh, a lot of top institutions on this team. What What are y'all are you going to be doing? Uh, what's kind of the high level pitch on what you all will be doing to get ready for this for that launch by twenty twenty seven? Yeah. So we are tasked specifically with developing. Um, the pipeline for the supernova cosmology analysis. Um, so we are not the science team. We are not performing the analysis. Um, we are not uh, the science support center. So we're not supporting general um, observations. We're really focused on the specific needs of uh, supernova cosmology. So these needs are um, we need to understand these transients. We need to find them. We need to characterize them. We need to collect and organize all of the, the sort of ancillary data, um, whether that's about the supernova itself, about its host galaxy, about its location on the sky. We need to make sure that it's accessible to the people who are performing the, the cosmological analysis. Uh, along the way, we're going to um, observe other transients as well. Um, so type 1a supernovae are not the only explosion in the night sky. Um, so we need to separate out uh, the ones that are useful cause for cosmology and the ones that are not um, and provide uh, the, the transient community access to um, the whole list and the cosmologists access to the cosmologically useful list. Um, but all of this um, not only needs to be done um, at the rate that Roman is observing, which is much higher than has ever been done before, but we also need to do it at a precision that has never been done before. And so in order to measure uh, cosmology at the, the, the uh, 
at the values that we desire with this next generation mission. It's uh, it's one millimag um, for all the scientists, but to transfer it to a flux change, it's uh, 0.01%. Um, and so that is an incredible level of precision. And so we, we need to deal with calibration. We need to understand everything that our instrument is doing. We need to do understand everything that is affecting the light as it has traveled from the explosion to us, um, which can be up to um, 10, uh, 10 million light years of travel. Um, there's, there's just a lot that's going on uh, that we really need to understand and characterize and keep track of, uh, correct what we can and, and flag what is unique and different and um, might affect our measurements. Visiting with Ben Rose and, and Ben, you're part of a great team uh, doing what you just described. I know there's dozens of scientists and we can't name them all, but uh, who are some of the, the key people that you get to work with uh, on this? Some of your colleagues from other institutions, I think some of which you've known for a little while. So the, to name first the co-PIs, uh, Rebecca Hounsel at uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. She also has a joint appointment at Goddard Space Flight Center. Um, I've known her for about five years. Um, David Rubin at University of Hawaii, I've known also for about five years. Uh, and Dan Skolnick is at Duke University. Um, he's actually my supervisor for the last three years, uh, but we've been working together a little bit before that as well. And so the four of us are leading this project. Um, we've got lots of people working on it. Um, I know I would leave people out if I even try to name them. What are some things that NASA and the scientific community as a, as a whole are, are looking forward as you talk about accessing uh, this data that's being collected? What are some things that you're really hoping uh, advances our scientific knowledge of uh, as they uh, access what the Roman captures? Yeah, so uh, Roman is from the uh, 2010 decadal survey. So this is 2010, all the astronomers came together and said, this is what we want to do for the next decade. One of one of those recommendations was um, this flagship mission, which focuses on understanding the demographics of exoplanets, as well as characterizing dark energy and dark matter. Uh, so the exoplanets are not what I work on, um, but these are planets around um, other stars. Um, and Roman is going, to use, is going to measure way more than we've ever seen uh, and they're going to measure um, completely different ones, including and what I find the most interesting is free floating planets. Um, so we're going to be able for the first time to understand um, the number of planets that have no host star that have been ejected from their solar system uh, in the in the planet formation process and then now are just floating around uh, in empty space. And so this will really help us understand sort of planet formation and how stars and planets form at that scale. Uh, but for me on cosmology, we're really focusing on dark matter and dark energy. Type 1a supernovae really focus on dark energy. There's a few other cosmological probes that can really help on dark matter as well. Um, so for dark energy, this is um, a force that's sort of pushing the universe outwards. It's sort of an opposite. It, it is opposed to gravity. So gravity, like if you take a ball and you throw it up and it comes down, it sort of slows down as it goes up and then starts pulling back down. 
But if you do that same thing um, now with a significant amount of dark energy around, um, it won't actually slow down, but it will actually start speeding up and being pushed away um, from the ground. So as more space um, comes in between an object, between two objects, that will add more dark energy and it will just constantly push, push further and further away at a faster and faster rate. So this acceleration was first discovered in 1998, was awarded uh, the Nobel Prize in 2011. And we have a pretty good measurement of it right now. We're able to characterize it to about 3%. Um, but we really don't know what it is physically. There's some faculty at Baylor that are doing some research um, to try to understand the physics of it. Um, but sort of empirically, um, we can understand it to about 3%. Roman's goal is to get not only the understanding of what it's doing now from 3% down to 1%, but also to understand what it has done in the past and how it might change with time um, from nearly no understanding that we have now to about a 10% understanding. Um, and so that's one of the major um, scientific research goals of Roman is to understand dark energy, both um, presently and historically. That's exciting. You can see how that ties into the research you're doing um, in your uh, academic and research career, in addition to what you're doing uh, with, with NASA. Appreciate that description. And Ben, we're, we're just about out of time here, but I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been a, uh, a busy stretch. Uh, you've had this great... Uh, Great grant to celebrate here, right as you came here to Baylor, joining the great team in Baylor physics and uh, others doing research, as you mentioned, it's kind of associated or complimentary to what you're doing. We hope it's uh, a great beginning to you here as you uh, join the Baylor family. and want to thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Ben Rose, one of the newest members of the Baylor faculty, assistant professor of physics and uh, one of four co-leaders of the project infrastructure team for the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online, baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. <laughs>